Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for our radio audience tuning in here in Mississippi at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all could be with us. Also, it's tuning in through our online affiliates around the world. We're glad that you all could join us as well, especially as tuning in online through Blog Talk Radio. We're glad you all could be with us. We're excited to welcome Andrew Minot to our program today. I've had some great conversations with him on other platforms. We're glad to bring him here to WYAD here in Mississippi to discuss his powerful new book. It's called Prove a wrong when talked to Andrew not only about the writing of the book but also the reflection on his life what it's been like for him to share the lessons he's been able to learn but also of course to see the way that people are already responded to it as well if you guys have not gotten your copy of the book I will remind you how you can do that but Andrew thank you again for the time and really appreciate it Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate that, too. Thank you. Hey, glad to do it. So we've had some great conversations already, Andrew. We we had a conversation for I Heart Radio. We're glad to have you here now on my home station here in Mississippi, WYAD. And also we had you on Amazon Live recently, too. You've been having a lot of conversations, though, Andrew, about this book. I want to talk about people who know you. I'm curious, <laughs> what, is, what has been their response to this, uh, your release of this book, and being able to share so much about your life? Well, a lot of people that I know, they're like, wow, because like I've said to you before, I've always been a very private person, so a lot of people just knowing things about me know that basically like they never knew before, so it was like they respect the fact that I decided to put my life out there like that and that it has helped a lot of people, you know, go through their own trauma and everything else. You know, it, it's just one of those things. I, initially, I was very apprehensive and at times I'm reading through the book over and over. I'm like, man, I did that. I really said that. But, you know, you know, it's for a good cause. At the end of the day, I've always about helping people. So if it helps more people, I'm good with that. Yeah, I think that is a big thing. So I, I'm curious. I haven't asked you this question before. Uh, Andrew, and that's a great thing. We're going to be doing a nice series actually on Amazon, and I think it's going to be really good for our audience to join us. But I'm curious, did you, when you were, were writing the book, um, did you look at it that way, that this is not just your story, but that it is something that you hope would help other people, or was that just an added benefit of your taking the time to write your story? Actually, it, that never occurred to me, to be perfectly honest. Um okay. I was doing it because I said I'm going to do a book and because initially when I said, why am I even writing a book for? And I'm like, who's going to read this? And I was very like, you know, like proving myself wrong in the sense of I have that self-doubt and it just seemed like as I went on and on, I was like, you know what? It was helping me, to be honest. It was helping me to overcome a lot of the trauma that I went through as a child and I never spoke about. Like a lot of things I spoke about in the book and I wrote about, I never talked about it in 20, 30 years. I've never, it's just, it's come back so it's fresh. So even though it happened so long ago, I never had anyone to speak to about these things. So it's like, it's coming back and it's fresh. So it's one of those things that really, it still affects me to the point where I'm overcoming it right now in real time and learning to 
understand a lot more about what happened to me in the past and what I'm going through now. Yeah. You you know, there's an old saying out there, Andrew, and I say that being 47. It's old to me because I've heard it for so long. Yeah, that is <laughs> that hurt people hurt people. And yep. I, I want to ask you a, a question around that, not saying that you have hurt people, but do you find that people who have experienced trauma like you have, that it does make you more prone to to be someone who has trauma that you carry into other types of relationships? We're talking about dating or even a relationship with children. It does. I, I'm, I, for me personally, and I hear Charlemagne the God on the radio always say that all the time, hurt people hurt people. And it's true because even in relationships, um, my, my wife presently now, she used to bring up a lot of things that I've been through and because, like I said in the book, I used to, like, just mess around because it was just one of those things. And not growing up with a father and then knowing that he had, he, he had, he was, he was married three times, you know. And it was like, you, you just think that it's the way to live. You know, it's just one of those things. Right. And you just right. keep on doing the same things and reciprocating over and over and over and just, you carry the same burden that you dealt with, you know, like, you know, and it's, it, it's a, it's a fact with me that, yes, I never like physically would hurt anybody, but my actions and everything else. Yeah. It, it would cause, especially in relationships. I'm believe it or not, I'm truly understanding now over the past few years with my new wife, how to really go in relationships with the best intentions and trying to overcome a lot of this past hurt that you've been through. Yeah. You you talk about also, and this is something a lot of people can relate to, um, Andrew, myself included, and that is self-sabotage. You talk about in the book, and again, for those who are just finding out uh, about uh, Andrew's book, again, it's called Prove Him Wrong. And the book shares not only, of course, things about him growing up, um, but also lessons he's been able to learn along the way. Uh, but you, you say in, in one of the chapters that I thought was really uh, interesting, Andrew, you talked about your relationship uh, with Joanne. And one of the things that you say in, about that relationship that I thought was really interesting was the self-sabotage that was there, doing things that you didn't have to do. And and I think, you know, that is one of the things that people can relate to. You know, we as men, we're, we're told sometimes we don't like to read. This is a book I think men will pick up because, you know, I think they will feel a connection to it. But what was it like for you to reflect on how even in situations where you didn't have to, that you find yourself doing things that could be harmful to relationships? I think back on that part with Joanne, and I really screwed that up 100%. And to be honest, um, the book, writing the book gave me self-reflection to say, I was saying, why did I do that? I didn't have to do that. Because I remember after the incident that happened, um, she said, why didn't you tell me? And I'm like, why didn't I? Why didn't I? And I, I, to this day, I'm like, it, it still bothers me to the fact that, you know, why, didn't, why did I self-sabotage myself? It was one of the greatest things that ever happened to me, and I just self-sabotaged it. And I know a lot of men go through that because I have a lot of friends yeah. that they yeah. do the same thing, and I'm like, man. So I'm figuring if, if men would pick this book up, and read it, and they don't have to follow all my examples, but 
if they actually go through and look really deep within themselves, they know that, you know what, yeah, it, these things really do happen, man. It's, and it, it's a burden we bear. It's, it's something that we we do for sometimes we can say no reason, no reason at all, but I don't know. We just mess up. Yeah. You know, I, I think that is it too. And And I think for so many people, they can relate to this. I want to talk about fatherhood because one of the things that we're going to do uh, on Amazon Live, uh, Andrew, during our series is we're going to be able to kind of break this into series into parts. And our first part is actually going to be about that, about fatherhood, because I think it's such an important thing. We're able to see in the book, see uh, pictures of you with your family. Talk to us about that. What was that like for you to kind of reflect on those pictures, um, part of your history but also part of your family too? Um, my family, like growing up in Jamaica and all that, we were very tight knit. Um, you know, I, I was brought up very strict. You know, I didn't have leeway to do whatever I wanted to do. You know, but we were still tight knit. Like as much disappointment in the book as I talk about with my grandparents, I still love and respected them wholeheartedly. You know, there was nothing I wouldn't do for them. And even as time went on, and you can read in the book with my dad, I never had a relationship with him at all. And funny enough, I only developed a relationship with him maybe um, five years before he passed. So all this time from I was born until maybe six, seven years ago, I even developed a relationship with him. So it was just one of those things. And I think I missed that part in the sense of not having my father with me and I just saw, as a matter of fact, I just saw on Instagram with, um, I guess, Snoop Dogg. He posted a short little video when Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl, and his dad ran up to him, and they hugged. And Snoop said, it's always better when we have a father in our lives. I just saw that maybe a few minutes ago. I was like, man, and it really touched me in the sense mm-hmm. of as men, especially black men, it is always better when we have a father in our lives. So I never had that. So I, I, I had that closeness with my son to this day. My sons and I are very close. We have never strayed. You know, we always have, you know, as parents, you have disagreements and all that, but we've always been tight-knit. And I, I try to carry that throughout because I know what I miss when I never had my father with me. So I always have to have that going forward with my family going forward. So just one of those things. Yeah. And you, you're very uh, honest and open about this. Uh, you, even, in the, even in the book, Andrew, you, you talk about what you call the fallacy of fatherhood. Um, and I want to actually read a little bit of that because I think this is interesting. On page 129, you say uh, this about that, uh, talking about that the fallacy of fatherhood is that we think we can be superheroes when all our kids, our wives, our parents want us to be supermen, not a superman. That is so powerful because I think so many times we think we have to be so much more than what we are when all they want is the best of us. What was that like for you to come to grips with? That was really tough. Um, Reading that part over got me really emotional, and I was like, you know, just thinking about it right now, it, it gets me too. Um, because we all fall in that trap. You know, we're trying to go above and beyond and do so much more when 
we like they say, stay in your lane. Just do just do the things that you need to do. You don't have to go and try go above and try do something that you not you don't have to do. And yeah. it 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 causes it causes us to fall short. And then we put all this pressure on ourselves because we think that we have to be Superman. When you know what I'm saying, when you don't really have to do that. And right. it's, it's 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 a it's a heavy burden to bear, believe it or not. It's a heavy burden to bear. Yeah. We talked about recently on another platform, uh, Andrew, about I asked you about forgiving yourself. Uh, And I want to expand that out now in this conversation and talking about helping other men to do that. Because, again, what you write about when you talk about the fallacy of fatherhood, the thing that struck me, Andrew, was that at the end of the day, we want to be the best for them instead of realizing all we have to do is to do our best. So what has it been like for you to realize that your best is enough, that that even if you weren't able to do all that other people wanted from you, that as long as you were doing your best, that that was enough? What has that been like for you to to get to grips with for yourself? It's still hard because no matter how you look at it, even with my wife now, sometimes it's when she said, you just have to do your best. I'm like, no, no, I got to go. I got to do more. I got to do more. I got to do more. Mm. I try, and I don't know, it's like proving myself wrong all over again. And it's something that, and maybe it's the trauma from my childhood catching up to me and throughout my life, and you think you have to be proving something all the time. And that's why I guess the book is so, is so self-explanatory, like proving wrong, because it's always seemed like you're proving something to myself, to somebody else, or to whoever it is. And it's, just, it's an ongoing thing over and over and over. So it's, it's, it's tough. I, I'll say that. It, it's, still, it's still tough. I can, yeah. I can admit that it's still tough. Well, there is something, again, for other people, I think, to be able to get. So you've been able to have a lot of success. One thing we haven't talked about um, is that, you know, for a lot of people out there, I mean, they've gotten to know you because of your role in music. So let's talk about that. Let's lighten it up a little bit, Andrew. This has been, we've been, I've been keeping it pretty heavy for you, so I'm going to lighten it up for you here. <laughs> no, nah, nah, it's all uh, good. With, hey. <laughs> with, oh, talk, talk to us about your your love of music, Andrew. When did that kind of show itself for you? My The music, um... I always seemed like I loved music from way back when, from I was a kid. I always tried to memorize songs on the radio, and I used to be like, on a cassette tape, record songs on the radio, and my cousin and I used to be like, trying to recite these songs, and I always do that. And I remember the first concert I went to, and I detailed in the book when I wanted to see my cousin. I was maybe 16, 17 years old, and I went to the concert, and... I stayed out the whole night, and I had work the next day, and then over slept at work, got fired, and the whole thing. And I loved music from way back when. And when I finally got to meet my, with my cousin, Sugar Minot, and then he was telling me, yo, you got to love music. If you don't really truly love it, don't do it. And I followed his advice in the sense of I made sure that I never pursued it anymore unless I truly loved it. And then yeah. I was like, it was, it was an eye-opening thing for me when he was saying that to me, like, make sure you truly love it. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, because, again, you're young, you're, you're happy, you're lucky, don't care about anything, and 
He said, make sure you really, truly love this. And I proved that, yeah, I did love it. And that's why eventually he wanted to work with him because he saw my love for the music in every aspect I did. Because I did everything from production to concert promotion, management, tour management, everything in music I did. So, yeah, I proved that, yeah, I did truly love it. Right. And did you feel as though, I know for a lot of people, music is not my particular talent, um, Andrew, but I know for any any of our audience out there, regardless of something that they truly love, it almost becomes like a gateway, a way out of their their present situation to something that really is more in their control. Did it feel like that for you, that music was also a doorway for you? It was. It was an outlet because when I was going through all the other stuff that I went through, I always had an outlet of, outlet of music. I would, like, sit by myself with headphones on and just blast the music and just, it took me away. So it was an outlet. You know, I would go into the recording studio and be sitting there and, you know, it music always takes you away, but then you come back to reality again. So when I was doing concerts, it was just one of those things like, you put it together and you have you have thousands of people at an event that you put together and you feel so proud and so accomplished that you did that and you made all that happen and people went away with rave reviews how great the concert was and you know, it's it's always an outlet. It's you know, it's one of those things. But it it also comes with stress too, so hey yeah. I know about that. Yeah. You know, I, I think for a lot of people, when they're listening to music, uh, you know, the artist wants the listener to feel something. When people read Prove Them Wrong, Andrew, what do you want them to feel? What do you want them to, to be left with? I want them to understand that you can mess up. You, you, can, you can make mistakes. You can trust people and they let you down, but you can come back to your true self. Listen, listen to your inner self, listen to others, analyze the situation before you jump into it, um, knowing that no matter how people may judge you and say things about you, you stay true to yourself. You know, make sure you're there for your family. Make sure you're there for the people that has always been true to you, you know, your, especially like your kids. You know, yeah. be good to your children, you know, because at the end of the day, that's what's going to keep you going, you know, and that's what keeps me going, my children, because at the end of the day, you know, what else matters, man? You live for your children, you know? Like there's a song that says a lot of them don't understand that my life is for my children, you know, but that's just how it is. Such a great thing. Such a great conversation with you, Andrew, as always. Again, everyone, Andrew Minot has been our guest. Prove them wrong here is the book. It's available through our friends at Amazon.com. We have the link here for you guys joining us on the podcast. For those tuning in on the radio side, we'll make sure that we link it on the Facebook page for you guys to be able to get it there. Andrew, I enjoyed this. As I mentioned, we have a series coming up as we're wrapping up this month. Uh, going into next month, I'm excited about that on, on uh, Amazon Live. But let our audience know, man, how can they stay connected with you? They can always find me on all my social media handles at Drew Minot, everything, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, is all the same, Drew Minot. And you can find the book on Amazon. You can go on my website, www.anchorminot.com. 
you can find me and hey send some reviews you know there's a lot of good things we can interact i can all i will always respond to people if they say something you know it's good to get the feeling that i've helped people like there's a review on my website when someone said they bought the book by mistake but they they were it was god sent because they're glad they bought it and that made me feel really good i won't lie it, it really let me feel really proud that i helped that person you know so you know th- that's a good thing that's a really good thing I forgot to tell you, uh, Andrew, my review is up on Amazon. I forgot to tell you about that when we talked last time. So my review is up there, too. Oh, um, yes. So definitely you guys. Wow. I was really impressed. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, more than welcome. More than welcome. Man. Well, look, man, I know we have more conversations to come. Looking forward to that. But thank you again for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Thank you. Hey, glad to do it. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live, and let's go make today amazing. Take care. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.